So great to celebrate that with you uh, this morning. Now, uh, just, uh, just now we're going to dive into, I know at Meriwell you guys are clapping and excited about that as well, but uh, we are going to get into our series now, The Community of the King. And one of the things that this message is, Pastor Phil was saying, we're going to be diving into 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians uh, is a, a, a letter written to a, a church just like ours. And it's a letter that is so great to come back to uh, because it helps us understand what it is in lots of ways to be the church and to be a church. And, and we're going to see some things in there uh, that uh, over this next about five weeks, uh, we're going to be diving into this letter. And I'm really looking forward to doing that with you. So we are going to dive in 1 Corinthians. If you've got a Bible, you can grab it. Uh, chapter 1. And we're just going to dive right in to this letter. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Uh, this is written by Paul. Uh, and, it, and he's identifying that he's the one. He actually started this church. Now he's writing a letter to this church. And he says, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we dive into this letter and get started, uh, I want to pray. And I want to pray that God would use uh, this word that Paul wrote so long ago that God has preserved for us in the scriptures. I want to pray that God would use it to speak something fresh into your life today. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've given us of this scripture, and we want to pray that today we would be open to the things that you want to say to each one of us. God, I pray that in all that is said, it would be your voice that is heard most clearly. I pray that, Lord, your word would go forward uh, with power because you are in it and you are speaking. So, God, we give you this time and we pray you be at work in our midst in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, this letter, as I said, this, this reason we call this series The Community of the King, because it's all about what does it mean to be uh, a church. And if you're new to church and trying to understand what that is, fundamentally, churches are called to be a community, but not just any community, the community of the king, the community of King Jesus here in this world. And what I want us to uh, reflect on this morning is what it looks like to live that out. And how is that lived out, not just when we're gathered as we are here, but how is that lived out day to day and in homes and in workplaces and in the different places we go? What does it mean to be the community of the king? And the first uh, thing I want you to think about that when we even see just the very beginning of this letter and the introduction that is there uh, is to understand that it begins by embracing our identity, and understanding who God has called us to be. Do you know, Paul starts this letter by identifying himself. Who is he? He's Paul. He's like, I'm an apostle. I'm called by Jesus. And, and what that was him was he was communicating to the church, this is who I am. Uh, my life has now been led by Jesus. He's my king. He's in charge. He's, he's my Lord. And he's called me to be an apostle. That's a bit like a, a missionary. It was going to be someone who would go, who'd plant churches and start churches and build them. That was his calling. Then he also says, but I'm writing to you. 
I'm writing to the church of God in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called also, you have a calling, called to be his holy people. Now, for every one of us, this, I, I want you to grasp this. If you are one of those people who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, this morning I, I want you to first wrap your mind around this idea that you are now uh, have been given a fresh identity in Christ. That is, you are his holy people. And the, old, the, old, the older translation of that phrase, the Greek word hagios, uh, is saints. Now, I want you to wrap your mind around this. If you're someone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, as it talks about here, you are a saint. Turn to the person next to say, what's up, saint? Turn to him next and say, what's up, saint? You know, Sometimes, yeah, some of you are looking like, what's up? I'm sorry, what? I just can't do, you didn't do that with enough conviction. Turn to the other person and say, what's up, saint? Give it one more try. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because um, sometimes when we think about the word saint, we think, what does it look like to be a saint? And, and you may feel a little uncomfortable either calling the person next to you a saint or, or seeing someone else call you a saint. Uh, what I want you to embrace today, I want to talk about this idea. We have to embrace our identity that if we are part of the community of the king, guess what? You are called to be a saint. And we sometimes think a saint must look a certain way, dress a certain way, uh, talk a certain way. But a saint is someone who has been set apart for God's purposes. And when Paul writes to the church, he says, you are all holy people. You don't get a choice. If you call on the name of Jesus, you've been declared to be holy. You know, we were just singing that song, holy, 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 that reminds us, God, he is unique, he is different, he is other, he is the creator, he is holy. And guess what? He says, if you're going to be my community, you're going to be my people, you got to be holy. And I think sometimes it'd be good if we kind of, you know what, just to understand, you are called to be a saint, a saint in this world. Now, a saint is not about being perfect, but it's about recognizing that you have been set apart for God's purposes. As we're going to see, it's not about us being perfect. We realize we cannot be perfect, but Jesus was perfect for us. And because of that, he now sets us apart and says, you're going to be set apart for my purposes. Do you know... This whole idea of being set apart, of being a saint, you, you, it means God actually doesn't want your life to be just for common use, just for common purpose. You know, in the Old Testament, the certain places were holy. The temple was holy. You only use it for worship. Certain, you know, objects, they were holy. They're only used for this purpose or that purpose. But in the New Testament, it says, you know who's holy now is you. You've been set apart for God's purposes uniquely in this world. You know, I was in a, a shop the other day, and I had on a pair of, of shoes that were white, and they were, they were new. They were as white as the ones I'm, I'm wearing. I kind of like white shoes because you don't have to think about anything. You just work with anything. And I was wearing these shoes, and they were super white. And the lady at the checkout goes, can I just ask you something? How do you keep your shoes so white? And I was like, well, it's easy. I just bought them yesterday. So, <laughs> you know, it was like day two. I'll come back in a week. Let me know how I'm doing. And, uh, but... Here's the thing. We all know this, you know. It's like if you want to, uh, if I want to keep those shoes white, I'm going to have to choose carefully what activities I engage in when I wear them. 
My wife gets so frustrated at me sometimes because I'll go to work on a project, like, you know, this one always kind of drives her crazy. It's time to, like, paint the house, and I'm, like, painting. It should be like, are you going to change? I'm like, no, I'm going to be careful, you know? <laughs> I'm just, I don't need to change. I could wear this. She's like, but that's, those are, like, you know, the only, like, nice pair of shorts that you have. Don't worry. I'll just be careful. Inevitably, she's like, what happened to that pair? They got paint on them. I'm sorry, you know? If you want, but here's, so, so you understand sometimes we have to look at things and go, do I want this thing to be for common use, everyday use, or do I want to say, no, this is kind of used for special things. God looks at you and he says, I want your life used for special things. I don't want you to approach life in the common, ordinary way. This greeting is so important because the whole time we read this letter, you have to understand what it's trying to tell us is that you, as a community of the king, you're called to be a saint. Your life's not meant for ordinary. You're not meant to just use it for common purpose. You are meant to live in a unique way in this world. And that starts, we got to start sometimes just by embracing, right, that's right, I'm a, I'm a saint. God's declared that in my life. I'm not supposed to live a common, ordinary life. You know, the... As, as Paul goes on, he's going to start to help us understand some of these things of what that unique, set-apart life looks like. And one of the things that he, he wants us to, uh, to embrace here is that when you are called to be a saint, you are not just called to also be an individual saint. You're not just called to be, uh, you know, kind of now on your way by yourself. He says you are called to, to be a part of the church. And he uses this phrase, the, the church of God. Which one? The one in Corinth. And he says, and he's writing to them. He's helping them understand, this is your identity. You're the holy ones, and you are a part of the community of the king. This is what the church is. The church is a community and a group of people. And, and one of the things that's really helpful here, you might be new to church, and, and this may be a helpful concept. This is a really good picture of, of how the church is meant to function. It's supposed to be this community of people who all call on Jesus as Lord and say, all right, we want to not live ordinary lives. We want to not just be involved in common things. We want to live lives that are kind of unique and set apart and different. And we do that together as we all call on Jesus' name. And, it, and there's these two ideas here of one, the local church. He talks about this church, and, and which one is it? It's the group of people the word church just meant gathering, those who come together just like we are now. And, and he meant the church of people, the group of people getting together in Corinth around Jesus. That's what's called the local church. That, that to be part of a church is to be part of a local expression where there's real people who can get on your nerves. <laughs> it's the joy of the local church. It's not made up, it's not a nice idea. It's concrete flesh and blood where we're working it out together. But we also realize there's also what's called the universal church. He says, but you're not the only church in Corinth. And one of the things we'll see, a lot of what Paul talks about in the beginning of this letter, he's trying to gently address things. He'll address more and more as the letter goes. But he's going, look, don't, but don't get kind of too big ahead is one of the things I'm saying to the church in Corinth. You're part of the churches that are meeting everywhere. All the churches together with believers everywhere call the name of Jesus. That's a universal church. And we realize that we, when you are in Christ and you're set apart, you're also part of all believers everywhere. Whether you know them or not. Or, you know, we're all, everybody's on the same team. And, and everybody's part of this universal church. But with this local expression where you actually live it out. With flesh and blood and real people. Calling on the name of Jesus together. And I, I think that's such a, you know, kind of helpful uh, and important 
uh, thing to remember. Paul goes on writing in verse 4 and says, this is how he thinks about them. He says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him, in Christ, you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech, with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. He's saying, so now, you as a church, you as a people, God is putting you know, gifts in you. He's enriching you. He's, he's confirming within you in the way you're living and in what's happening in your midst that, that actually you, you are followers of Christ. And, and he says in verse 7, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And he will also keep you firm to the end so that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I love this because it's like he wants to remind them now, you guys as a community, God is putting gifts in you. He's at work in you. And he's doing all of this as a witness to who Christ is. That churches are meant to be like this witness, this experience, this taste where people see this is what that new life looks like, that set-apart life, that uncommon life, that extraordinary life, where we don't just kind of live the way, you know, just what's, what's happening around us and what's comfortable or what's easy and the flow of culture around us. No, this is that place where God is at work in a real, living, dynamic way. That's what the community of the king is meant to be about. And it takes people kind of embracing, hey, this is who we're called to be. And actually saying, now let's try and walk this out. Now, Paul kind of, he starts his letter. And he's, he's really giving thanks to God for all these good things that are happening. What we'll see in this letter is that Paul's almost biggest reason for writing the letter is he's frustrated with them about a number of things that are not going so well. But what's beautiful is the way he just always appreciates the good things that are gifts from God, even when things aren't going well. And Paul is now going to kind of shift gears and start to say, now here's one area where you are not living this kind of unique, holy, set-apart life, but rather you're just kind of living the way kind of ordinary people do. And he says this, in verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters. He's like, I'm, I'm be gentle. I love you, brothers and sisters, but I, I'm appealing to you. I got something I really need to say to you. He says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me. So Paul was back in this other city, Ephesus, and people went over, came back, brought a report. He's like, and here's what they told me they saw. There are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Uh, and still another, I follow, uh, I follow Cephas, which means Peter. And still another, I follow Christ. And Paul is saying, this is not good. And what we're going to see here is that this is Paul. He's going, look, you've got to understand this. You've got to embrace your identity, that you are called to be a saint. You've got to embrace as well the reality that you have a calling to be part of the community of the king. And then here he's going to say, and one of the primary marks of, your, of, of this, of you being holy people, different people, unique people, Jesus' community, is that there be no divisions among you. 
And this is going to be Paul's appeal for unity and how important this whole idea of unity is in the church, in the community of the king. You see, there's a really sad thing that happens in our world. Earlier when I said that LeBron James was our favorite player, um, there was a lot of people who disagreed with me. And they were really frustrated. I saw a couple of you in Marowine could see the anger and hear the shouts of Michael Jordan's the goat and all those things. <laughs> Dean stop, you know. How, how many people know if you want to start a fight, you could just say, hey, who's the greatest all-time basketball player right now? You guys just say, go into any room, say, is it LeBron or is it Michael Jordan? You could start a fight right there. Yeah, that's right. That's good. See, our AV team knows what's up. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. Apply this to so many situations in our world. You want to know what's normal, what's common, what's ordinary? It's for people to um, divide and then to say, and here's why what I like, what I think, what I am for is better than whatever you are for. Rather than to be able, it's, it, so Paul's going to say, Okay, everybody's like, here's what I'm hearing. This way is kind of going to church. Some people are like, look, I'm all about Paul. Some are going like, I'm all about Apollo. Some are going, I'm all about Peter. Is there anything wrong with those guys? No, but the problem was they were doing it in such a way as to create division. Instead of going, here's what I love and appreciate about Paul and his teaching, it was, no, here's why this is better than you. When you read this, what I, I want you to understand when you look at 1 Corinthians, and it talks about, look, I, I don't want you to be divided. I want you to be united. And it talks about being, uh, the older translations will say, knit together. It's not saying everybody has to think all the exact same things. But what it is saying is, as a people, as a community, it, when Paul says there's divisions among you, he's using the word of like ripped clothing. And it's almost like he's like, it's almost like instead of having this beautiful garment, it's ripped apart and it's just lost all its attractiveness. And in the church, when there are divisions and there is kind of fighting and this one over that one, he's like, it's just not, it's not attractive and it is not a witness to who Christ is and has called us to be. You see, and, and a, lot, a lot of people look and say, you know, when, when these kind of divisions were setting in, you kind of had, Paul's like, some of them are like, yeah, I'm all about Paul. Paul was known as the, uh, the apostle of the Gentiles. He was kind of the guy going, hey, we don't have to follow all the, the law the same way we used to. There's freedom in Christ. There's liberty in Christ. He, you know, and he's very, that was a huge part of his message. Uh, Apollos was this guy from Alexandria. We find out a little bit about him in Acts. He was from a city that was like the center of philosophy. Uh, these were intellectual types of people. Uh, and their approach to the scriptures was often a very intellectual kind of approach. And they thought a lot about wisdom and all these things. And, and so kind of, it's likely they kind of going, oh, yeah, Apollos. You know, like Paul, he's just all about that. Paul's kind of a party boy, you know. It's all about that freedom. Like Apollos was where you dig in and get some meat on that thing, you know. I mean, we can't imagine this in our day. <laughs> but then you had Cephas. It was, you know, this is Peter. Peter was... Uh, from, you know, Jewish roots, and, 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 uh, and, and it's possible, we don't know lots about it, but it's, it's possible that, you know, maybe some felt he was more faithful to the traditions or to following on with the, the customs that they needed to continue. There's, and then there's this comment, and I follow Christ, and it's almost like that one seems like maybe this is a group who's a bit like, hey, but we got the real deal here, you know, where we really get it. Now, here's, here's my point. This is... Uh, 
This is a passage that I think is here to try and remind us that what God wants for his people is for this holiness, this set-apartness, this uniqueness that is expressed in our unity around Jesus. That, that what Paul's going to end up trying to help him see is, that here's the thing, it's okay. Like Paul's not saying there was nothing wrong with any of these uh, people, but the problem was their, their loss of focus on Christ and who he is. And allowing other emphases, actually all of them maybe highlighted different uh, things that were true, but, but whenever you begin to prioritize something secondary and lose sight over Christ, it's supposed to be the community of the king because it's all about the king, Jesus. And I think one of the things that we can be reminded of today is that always our focus, if we're going to be God's holy people, is we should be a people with a radical focus on Jesus and allowing him to bring us together. Paul says be knit together, be of the same mind, get together around Christ. Don't let all these smaller things start to, because it's ugly when there's rips, when there's division, when there's, hey, this group over that group or this over that. That's just, it's not the witness. The church is supposed to be the witness to who Christ is through the community that he is forming. You know, Paul says in the, the last kind of section, he goes on to kind of talk for a while about the different things that they were kind of boasting in and what they were after. And Paul, in verse 28, as he starts to wrap up this chapter, he says this. He says, God chose the lowly things of this world. Instead of like, look who I am and how great and we're about this and we're about that. God says, look, look, look. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. You know, following Christ, it's never about, hey, here's what I've got right, we've got right, they've got... No, it is because of Christ. It is because of, it is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. You see, they were pretty excited about a lot of things they knew, but he's going, mm, Christ is what wisdom is about. And he says, that is, and here's what real wisdom is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You know, uh, what he pulls out here, and where I want us to kind of grab hold of this, I hope, this week, is he says, so you know what? Uh, kind of put all these things to the side that you think are a big deal. Kind of put all these things to the side that you think, you know, and he says, just, if you're going to boast, if you're going to get pumped, if you're going to be excited about something, get, get boast in Christ. Because he's, he's all of it. He's our wisdom. He is, and, and real wisdom is understanding that Jesus is our righteousness, that it's not, our, it's not about how good we are going to be and how great we can live. Being a saint is not about because you're perfect. Being a saint is because God declared you to be perfect, and Christ's righteousness is now applied to your life. He's our righteousness. And we got to live from that identity. You know, he's our holiness. God's set apart, and he has now set you apart in Christ. He's declared it of you. So live from that identity. In Christ, he is our redemption. He's our freedom. He's the one who sets us free, redeems us from a life of, of having to boast, of having to make our own sell our identity and talk about why we're so great or why this group's better than that group or this over. That Christ is our redemption. He's our freedom. 
So if we're going to boast, if we're going to get excited about anything, let's boast in Christ. Boast in the Lord. Do you know, I, I, as we begin this, this series, here's the, the message I just hope you can grab hold of today. You, know, you are called to be a saint. You are called to be somebody who is set apart for Christ. You're not called anything that's ordinary uh, for the follower of Jesus. It's not enough to just say, well, that's just the way the world works. People do this, people do that. No, in Christ we are called to live uncommon, extraordinary lives that reflect our holy God. You're set apart. And so let's be a people who are set apart with Jesus as king and don't allow these secondary things at times to divide us or to distract us, but rather to be a people who focus on Christ as king and how do we together love, care for one another, love and serve our world, all those things. We are called to live as saints. And the more I think we understand our identity of who God has called us to be, it's not about, well, then you should do this and then you should do that, but it's about realizing now let's live from that identity. You know, this, this week, let's be reminded, you know what? Christ, he is, your, he is your holiness. He is your righteousness. He is your redemption. Walk in that. You know, one of the things we're going to do to try and walk in this and try to walk in a different path is we are going to, uh, over this next five weeks, uh, would love for you to join us in just reading through uh, this letter to the Corinthians. We're going to have a reading plan. It'll be up online. You can uh, go to the website. You can get there. And just a little bit to read every day. Uh, be the, as the community of the king, we realize we need to be people who are always taking in. If we're going to be different, we need to, be, we need to have a different kind of what we feed our minds and our thoughts and our hearts on. And so together, let's just get into 1 Corinthians, be reading and allowing God to speak to each one of us so that we can grow to be, as Paul writes elsewhere, so we can grow to maturity in, in all things as the body of Christ. Because that's who he's called us to be. I want to pray for you. Would you stand up? Wherever you are, Meriway, you can stand up. And I just want to pray for you this morning. And I want to pray that you might hear afresh, not from me, but from God's word and his word to you. Hear afresh and be reminded, you are a saint. You are called to live a unique and extraordinary life that reflects a holy God in this world. Would you bow with me? Father in heaven, I just want to pray that you would be at work in individuals' lives in such a way that they could embrace and hear the reality of who you've called them to be as your saints in this world, as the ones who are set apart for you, as the ones who you have clothed in your righteousness and your holiness. And I pray that as that identity takes root in their hearts, that it would bear fruit in their lives, that in the way they walk daily, in homes and workplaces and schools and wherever they find themselves, they would live lives that stand out. Live lives that stand out, that reflect a holy God in this world. So Holy Spirit, even as we sing, as we respond in worship, would you move in our midst? And would you change us and shape us and form us in Jesus' name? Amen. 
You know, we're going to sing a song.